Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Jack C. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Living with Purpose. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, I had the opportunity of doing a homegoing service for a gentleman. And uh, out of that, um, I just found out that this guy had come from just not the best background, not with all the, you know, perks of uh, a lot of people and actually had been born at some deficits and orphaned and, you know, all these types of things. But at the end of his life, he had accomplished so much. And uh, I just thought, you know, a life like that doesn't happen on accident. It happens on purpose. And that's where the whole idea of living with purpose came from. You know, God is the most purposeful being that there ever has been or ever will be. And you and I were created with a purpose in mind. And when we find out what that purpose is, then that will release us into our destiny. And uh, I've never met anybody that was released into their destiny that wasn't happy, that wasn't fulfilled, that wasn't joyful, uh, Lord. And didn't, it doesn't mean that life isn't hard or there aren't obstacles or things that you have to, to work through. But, you know, once you find your flow, once you find out what you were created for, you know, the closer you get to that place, your high calling, you know, the more good things are drawn to your life because that's your purpose. You know, the closer I get to the purpose of who I am, then things started getting added to me. Why? Because I'm getting into that flow of what God created to me and I'm attracting those things. Well, the opposite also takes place. The farther that I get away from his purpose, the more things that I begin to lose, the more frustrated I am, the more confused I am, uh, the more, you know, I'm not sure of who I am or where do I come from. You know, when someone comes up to me and tells me, you know, I've got to go away and I've got to find myself. Well, you're just telling me that you're lost. God doesn't create lost people. God creates people with purpose, but what he asks of us is to get into the word, to commune with him, find out who you are and what you were created to do, because that's where all your blessing is, and that's where all your prosperity is going to be. Amen? So, that was free. So, what we're doing is we're continuing talking about living a life of honor or an honorable life, and a few weeks ago, we just kind of picked up on a topic in First Peter I believe chapter 2, verse 17, where it basically says, honor all men. Or another definition of that would be to treat each person with the value that they're due. You know, every person in our life, they have value. There's not a person walking this earth that has more value than someone else, whether they're on, on the street corner with a sign begging or whether they're the, the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation. In God's eyes, they have equal value. It's not because of what somebody has that I honor them. It's not because of the power someone has that I honor them. It's because God created each of us in his image. We were all created for the glory. We were all created to, to walk and talk with him in the cool of the day. And no one is better than anybody else. And I just want to keep hammering that point home. Peter is telling us in that first Peter, honor all men. And we've been talking about, well, how do I do that? First, I don't have an inflated view of myself. You know, if I want to make sure I'm honoring you, I got to make sure I'm not honoring me first. I want to make sure that I am preferring you. That's another way that I honor all men is I live a life of preferring others. Um, I live a life of humility. You know, Jesus showed us over and over again, if anybody had the right, if anybody had should should deserved honor, if anybody deserved, you know, the biggest um, uh, welcome, the biggest party, the greatest of everything, it was Jesus. But yet time and time again, 
he came in. He didn't come in on a white horse. He came in lowly. He came in with humility. And because he came in low, he was able to reach people all the way above. If he would have come in too high, people would have said, see, I, I could never attain to what he has. I could. He was born in the best house to the best family. He had the most advantages. He had the most privilege. He had the most everything. I could never attain to that. So what God did is he sent his son Jesus to go as low as he possibly could so that he could bring the rest of us on up. And how he did that, he did it through humility and he did it through honor. So we want to continue talking about just different ways that we can honor all men. Uh, last week, we talked about Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. And uh, we talk about what, what, what does it mean to even be humble. And uh, we said it's to make low, to lower oneself, a person who is devoid of all arrogance and self-exaltation. Is that not a picture of Jesus? I mean, he was totally devoid. Imagine that he had no arrogance in him. And if anybody could have been arrogant, it's Jesus. And he had no self-exaltation. He came in low and, uh, and so that we could grow high. He was a person who was willingly submitted to God and to his will. Uh, today we're going to look at, uh, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. And uh, I'm a big fan of the book of Proverbs. It says, before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. The Passion says, a man's heart is, a, in the, is the proudest when his downfall is the nearest, for he won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. Let me read that again. A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest, for he will not see the glory until the Lord sees humility. You know, we're talking about honor, but a big part of honor is this attitude of humility. If I will purpose to be a person of humility, to walk in humility, that my words line up with how I'm trying to act. And hopefully, if not this week, then next week we'll get into some ways of honoring men through our words. Um, but if I will have this attitude of humility, if I will purpose each and every day to treat each person in my life with equal value, uh, I will, I will, if I have this attitude, there are going to be graces, there's going to be things that God does for me because that's where all the blessings are. All the blessings are on the humility side, all the curses are on the pride side. Why would I want curses in my life? You know, why would I want... Why would I want to live a life, Lord, where I was frustrated and angry all the time and never understood and I was sharp and I was all these things when I can purposely walk in humility? Because the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. That word grace means power, equipping, and anointing. Why would I not want to walk on that side of the ledger? Why would I want to walk on the pride side when I can walk on the humility side? Because on the humility side is where all the blessings are. Remember, the pathway to honor is humility. And we're talking about how do we honor all people? And here's a great point. How do I honor all men? By purposing to get something to people and not to take something from them. Let me say that again. By purposing to get something to people and not take something from them. Let's look at the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, 
for with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured unto you. I want you to notice that Luke chapter 6, verse 38 doesn't say take, and it will be given unto you. No, it says give, and it will be given unto you. I think one of the greatest things that we can do as a Christian in the earth, I think one of the greatest testimonies that we have is our, is our everyday life. And it's not, you know, I'm not going to be known. I'm not going to be judged by God for what I did in the pulpit. I'm going to be judged by God by how I treated my family, how I treated my wife. What was I like when I was at home? Am I two different people? Am I this tyrant, angry, you know, bitter, angry person at home in this fake, you know, um, person in the pulpit trying to, trying to, to con somebody uh, into believing what I'm saying? No, no. What's very, very important is that, and this is the mark of a true Christian, a true Christian is going to leave people and places better than when they found them. If, if you're in my, I want to be, I want a purpose in my life, and this is how do we honor all people, that if I'm a part of your life, I want you to be better for knowing me. And not, and not so that I can take something from you. See, that's my purpose. Whoever I'm around, whether it's my kids, somebody at the gym, somebody at church, somebody at the grocery store, I want you to be better because you know me and not because you know me. It's because you're knowing the Jesus that's inside of me. I want to leave my job. If I'm switching jobs, switching places, you should leave a place better than it was than when you got there. You should leave that place. It should not be worse. It should be better. You should be bringing people up to a higher level. And remember what we've talked about, humility, the lower you go, the higher you'll grow. <clears throat> the lower you'll go in humility, the higher you're going to grow in the things of God. I want to leave things better. I want when my name is mentioned, I don't want people to go, oh boy, I heard about this guy. I want them to go, man, they did such a great job. What a heritage, what a legacy. Amen? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's look at one of the original, one of the greatest verses in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to get a picture of this. God's first move towards man was to give him, to give us, his son Jesus Christ, to deal with all past, all present, and all future sin. God's first act was to give. If God's first act to man was to give, then my first act to man should be to give also. Well, what do we give people? You give them the honor that's due them. You give them the respect that's due them. Well, pastor, what if they've done me wrong? What if they've lied to me? What if they've done all these things? That's, I'm not talking about um, um, enabling somebody. I'm not calling that we don't call what's wrong, wrong, sin, sin. But what I'm saying is, is that I can still honor you. That doesn't mean that I have to trust you. That doesn't mean that I have to give you everything that I have. But you know what? I'm not going to speak evil against you. You are, you know what you are. You already know what you've done. And me just adding to that with my words is not going to change that situation. What I want to learn to do is that even when I'm wrong, you know, some of the greatest blessings that can come to us is that when we are wronged and we don't go out and try and defend ourselves, we let God do it for us. I can just tell you testimony after testimony, people that have tried to steal, people that have purposely come in and tried to con. But you know what? I didn't, we, when we don't let, we don't get worked up because we see what they're doing and we honor that person. You know, we just, I endeavor. This is something that, you know, when people come to the church and they need help, you know, we have a lot of 
you know, people in, in our town. It's a very, very large city here in Houston. There's a large homeless community. We help the homeless by supporting ministries that can help them with what they really need. But a lot of times you'll get people that just come by, and unfortunately, the story is always the same. It's usually a con. They're just trying to separate you from your money. You know, I can blast them. I can call them, dude, you're a liar. You're a con. You know what you are. And you know what? I would be exactly right in saying that because a lot of times that's what they're doing. But when I still choose to treat that person with honor, you know, when I listen to their story, even though I know they're lying through their teeth, you know, now I'm not giving them what they want. But what I am going to do is when they leave there, hey, can we pray for you? You know, sorry, we can't help you at this time. You know, we really do wish you the best. There's a better way. You know, that that is treating that person with honor. They should leave here better, not bitter. Does that make sense? Um, it says, uh, and in talking about, you know, even speaking uh, over people, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and, and we'll just kind of barely get into this portion of it, and we'll pick it up again next week. But, you know, the number one way that I honor somebody is how I talk about them. I can tell you that I honor people all day long, but if my speech towards them is harsh, is critical, uh, if I am constantly tearing that person down with my words, then I really don't honor them in any way, shape, or form. Um, there's no honor. How you truly honor somebody is in direct proportion to the words that you speak about them. And not just the words that you speak when they're in the room, it's the words that you speak when no one else is around or how you speak to other people. You know, we have to be so wise in the church about gossip, about offense, and all those types of things. But how I truly speak about somebody, and, you know, the number one thing that we would think about is how do we as as Americans, you know, born in the United States of America, how do you speak about our elected officials? You know, if you turn on uh, any type of network news, depending on who's in office and who they voted for, they are, they are mocking these men. They are laughing at them for their gaffes. You know, if, if I was, and, and I'm a pastor, so I speak a lot, so I'm sure there are times I'll get speaking too fast and I'll mess up my words. <clears throat> I am so glad that there's not somebody there making a recording of that and putting it on the news every time that I make a mistake because I, I said something out of place. And it just seems like that's all our news is today, is trying to catch these men in these gotcha moments. Now, maybe you didn't vote for the guy that's in office today. Maybe he's everything, the epitome of everything wrong that you could ever imagine. Maybe this is the worst possible person that could be in that office. I have a, a responsibility by God to honor that person and to honor that office. And the way that I honor that office is with my words. I may not have voted for him, but he's my president. I'm not going to speak an evil word against him. I'm not going to make jokes about him. I'm not going to damn him. I'm not going to judge him. I don't agree with what he's doing, but he is my president. And, you know, there's a way that we have to fix these things, and they're called elections. And I will just elect, we will prayerfully elect somebody better the next time. But I want to hold my words. Hey, we're already at the end of time. That went by super fast. We're just getting into this new part about how do I honor all men I'm going to honor him with my words. Remember, in the things of God and honor, if you want to go higher, you got to go lower. Go low, and then you'll grow. This is Pastor Jack C. We love you, and Jesus is Lord. <laughs>